1: loyalty to rangers is what binds us and together
0: we are stronger launching for the 2021 season the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love it's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority club discounts and exclusive competitions and experiences there's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join visit rangers.co.uk slash to join today Always Rangers, always loyal, always rewarded.
2: Jones delivers. Okay. Oh! Manchester, brace yourself.
0: Rangers are
2: coming! Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest episode of the Battle Fever Podcast. Today we're on episode two of our Straight from Eyebrook series, and we're joined by an ex rangers goalkeeper who is currently the head of the goalkeeper academy at Oakham His name is Graham Smith. Graham, good afternoon.
1: Hi Scott, how are you?
2: Not bad, mate, yourself? Yeah, very good. Glad, delighted to be here. Good, good. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, just, we're going to kind of touch on a wee bit. I suppose we'll split it in two, kind of, because we'll touch on yourself growing up, obviously getting to play for Rangers, etc. And then we'll move on a wee bit more and give people a kind of insight into the academy side of things, if that's alright. Yeah, no problem. Smashing. Who are your football and idols growing up, Graham?
1: Uh, probably. Fun enough. I'm really think a goalkeeper, but Graeme Soonis was uh, when I was when I was growing up. I was quite a late bloomer in terms of actually going in goals. I played. I mean, I've got an older brother uh, who's three years older than me, so he was a centre forward kind of through the youth ages and stuff. So probably one of the reasons why I ended up getting papped in goals uh, to, to, to deal with his shots. But uh, no, I can. of played defence and centre mid up till I was maybe about 13, 14 and then I kind of made the transition and goals for there. So I was a kind of always a people know me for back then. I was I was a kind of tough tackling combative midfielder. Uh, so Graham Souness had a cut of his old kind of VHS in terms of when he played for Liverpool and and, uh, and obviously uh, he then made, made made a step to Rangers and that. So as I say, that was kind of one of the guys that I looked out for. Later on and when you start looking and you start getting the goalkeeping bug in that. It was more kind of. At that time, obviously Andy Gorham at Rangers, and and you had guys like Peter Smicco, who I thought was was magnificent. Obviously, he's still topping lists in terms of the greatest goalkeeper and all that. So I say they, they two they two or three were pro- probably my, my kind of main ones.
2: Who were your main influences in you becoming a f- professional football player? Uh, my
1: dad and my brother. Uh, my dad was. Uh, my dad was 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 never a professional, but it, I mean, even growing up, he kind of knew the game, and, and he ended up he take, to, took a lot of different boys' clubs and stuff. And even when we we played with the kind of Rangers Supporters Association when we were younger, a lot of the boys made I mean I mean, we had a phenomenal team. We kind of like said so John Rankin, uh, Stephen Hughes, Stephen Dobie, uh, myself, Willie Hayning, uh, wanted to play for St. Mirren and, and Oldham and stuff as that. We well. also a great team. Uh, and that was just kind of guys that got plucked from here, there, and everywhere. And it wasn't a scout network; it was just my dad and his friend. And it was their kind of their their football eye basically. Uh, they, they seen something in these players. And, and as I say, there was there was him, and as I say, a guy called Alec Donaldson, uh, who sadly passed away a few years ago. Uh, and as I say, they were they were massive influences on me in terms of just giving you values and instilling that kind of football bit in you, and and never pushing you too far, but just. You can kind of learn a lot for them in terms of how to treat people, but obviously how to how to train to your maximum. And as I say, just just loving the game and learning the game, they were great at it. And as I say, they were they were a massive influence. Obviously, when you then start to get older, and you're starting to look towards a professional. bit, there was, I mean, there was a couple of guys in there as well in terms of the goalkeeping side, uh, Jim Stewart, and and even Gordon Marshall when he was a first in Colin Meldrum. Uh, they've obviously got Celtic history in terms of uh, Mar's playing with Celtic and, and Melly's now kind of doing my role at Celtic. But they they were they were massively influential in terms of me in the kind of early stages of my professional career. And obviously, I mean d- down to the guys and obviously the lot of work I had to put in. But I, I think they were they were partly responsible for me having such a lengthy career. Obviously, you've been in the academy,
2: head of the goalkeeper academy now at, at Rangers. What is the main difference? do you see are the main differences do you see from when you were coming through the ranks as a youth player to what, to what they do now Yeah, I think there's various changes obviously the kind
1: of, the games the games kind of moved on but society's moved on as well I mean you, you think of you think of in past where guys that that held roles within academies were kind of printers or they were electricians or they, were, they knew a bit about football and then Everything's became far more serious in terms of because, because there's a lot of money put in and, and and you people want it to be more successful now now everybody in the granny has to have the coaching badges to Hi. even have a, a sniff at an opportunity and that that includes ex players as well uh, and there's a lot of ex players who. I don't know whether it's right or wrong they say that well I've played for X amount of years so I should just walk into coaching coach no, but it's like anything else you need to be you need to be qualified in whatever you do yeah. so it's kind of trying to find that balance but as I say it's a society change as well in terms of as I say even with me at the minute I'm, I'm homeschooling my kids and, and I'm trying to keep them off technology and, and yeah. but yeah, everything's done now that day. I mean I've, I've got one in the iPad doing his homework and I've got one in the, in the the MacBook doing his homework and it's like what happened to a pen and a bit of paper and <laughs> and and, and, and sharpening your pencil and kinda of things like that. So it's just there's been loads of there've been loads of changes throughout. But I think obviously the way you talk to kids and stuff is, is completely different from the, from the way we had it. Uh, I think I'm still kinda of old school in a way where I, I don't mean the shouting and bawling but I think there's still a way that you can put your message across in a kind of firm manner yeah. uh, and as I say, I think probably old school is probably too old school, maybe possibly we're going towards too kind of liberal and too kind of kind of in terms of trying to create first team players because, I mean, it's like anything else, you know yourself, you play in front of 50,000 eyeballs. The the fans let you know <laughs> whether you're having a good game or a bad game, you don't need a coach to tell you, so it's do you have that bit in you to say, right, okay, I'm not playing well so I'm going to either show you or I'm going to improve or whatever. I think I kind of for me, a happy medium is probably, the, in my experience, is probably the best way to, to go forward. I
2: always think, as well, for a goalkeeper, you you need to have some sort of mental toughness because if you're a striker and you miss a chance, you've got the midfield, the defenders, and the goalie to bail you. And as you go back to the midfield, you've got the defender to bail you, defender, you've got guys like yourself to bail you. If you make a mistake as a goalie, nine times out of ten it leads to a goal. And as you say, you've got 50,000 at Ibrooks shouting and bawling. Oh, at
1: absolutely. You. I mean, there's a great saying of. You can do a hundred things right, but as a goalkeeper, they only remember the one thing you do right. wrong. Yeah. And that—that—that is—that is, it sounds cheesy, but that is the like that is the life of a goalkeeper. It's like, and obviously the higher up you go, where you're getting less things to do, and and yeah. you need to be making these saves, and you, and and that's why I think that us sending our, our loan players out. Early, or, sorry, our young goalkeepers out earlier to loans, and, and people might turn their nose up and say, "Well, why why is a Rangers goalkeeper going to juniors, or why is a Rangers goalkeeper going yeah. to loan and But it's it's great for, as you say, that mental toughness because at, at one end, depending on what half you're kicking into, at one end of the goal, you could have ten guys behind your goal. No matter what you do, good, bad, and indifferent, they're telling you you're amazing. Right. And then you go down the other end, and what, what do you do? The same things. Everybody's telling you that, you, that you're absolutely hopeless. Right. So it's it's a bit it's a bit try to find that mental toughness, and as you say, because. I mean, they say the game's the best teacher, but the crowd's the best bit in terms of that mentality bit because not only have you got to please your own fans, you've you've obviously got to try and keep opposition fans off your back, and you can only really do that by performing well. So it's a, it's a great teacher in terms of the men, men, mentality bit.
2: You joined Kilmarnock in two thousand, the year two thousand, spending seven years at the club. Uh, obviously, as a young player and then kind of graduating into the first team, you made forty-three appearances for Kilmarnock How? How was it at Kilmarnock in the Academy, etc to meeting the step up?
1: How how did you find it? Uh, I enjoyed it. again, I, I kinda things kinda worked out well for me prior to going to Kilmarnock, so again you talk about challenges and kinda and kinda stretching yourself. Uh when I was under sixteen, so i had been making a Rangers kind in and out, kinda for 11s right up to fifteens between the kinda professional bit of Ibrooks and the and the kinda supporters boys' club thing. Uh and in, in the days, again because my dad knew the game he didn't want me to commit to MD so he just wanted me to play as much football as I could so every night of the week I was playing a select game for someday, whether it was I mean one a Monday it could be Albion Rovers and a Wednesday it could be Man City and, and it was just one of the things where I just wanted to play as much as possible and then when it got to the kind of serious bit of going with Kilmarnock at 16 I had an opportunity in January I think in December and in January the under 18 goalkeeper had broke his ankle and Kilmarnock wanted me to go in full time from the January, but my mum and dad, after discussions, basically said that no, they wanted me to finish my education, finish fifth year, and then obviously I would would go in in the summer, all being well, but again, knowing that you've got a contract they are sitting waiting for, you I probably just, I I farted about the school, let's be honest, and and, and I I probably left way less than what I should have, but again, it's kind of one of the things, in in retrospect, that you probably should have went in and got yourself an extra six months, but But to his, I ended up then playing with under-18s on a Saturday morning when I was only an under-16 player. So to take that step up for six months and play, I mean, that was, that was a baptism of fire. It's certainly the first cut of games, and then you, know, you, you get, get to grips with things, and you, you can, uh, you can uh, then start problem-solving and working things out because the game's a lot quicker and it's a lot faster, and the, the guys are more physical than what they're used to. So that week and a six-month actually probably helped me, and it right. meant when I went full-time in the summer, I kind of hit the ground running in terms of been able to handle that that bit because again it's like, under sixteen you you think you think you're the man and I mean the, the games at your own level can become comfortable and soon soon all of a sudden when it's when it's a school week or October week or whatever and you go in and train the fifteen guys you've went to catch and ten out of ten and you're doing it like four and five out of ten you think you say well I'm absolutely hopeless here I mean how, how I'm terrible but but that again that's that mental bit within just- you you I think or well. So you say, right, you, you you get that intrinsic bit and you, you to try and get better and try to get six and seven out of ten and eight out of ten and nine out of ten. And then once you get the ten out of ten over over a period of time, you almost become accepted in that company. So right. it's, it's not as if you're being detrimental to the session or you're being detrimental to that. So the wee bits kind of, almost like kind of drip feeding me into it was actually, in my opinion, worked out, worked out well. And obviously, I mean, going full time as a football player, it's all you want to do. it was an, an absolutely fantastic club, really really enjoyed my upbringing there it was tough at times uh, in terms of the off the, the pitch stuff and having to take two and three trains a day and, and things like that but I mean at the end of the day I was being a footballer and I was paid to, I was paid to be diving about the goal every day so so you, you more than make the sacrifices uh, again with we with a great youth team really really good only two years in the youth cup it was Rangers put us out one year and Celtic put us out the next year and uh, and as I say with had a phenomenal youth I mean, I say like myself and Boydie and obviously later on kind of Steven A Smith and, and guys like that coming through, so guys obviously ended up going on to play for, for Rangers as well so eh, no, nah, phenomenal, really really enjoyed it, but it, it got to a point where they fought the three games, it was kind of I'd done a cut of loan spells when I was younger and, and they were they were fantastic, again not everything going your own way, you, you think because you're can, a command goal and you're going to League 2 or you're going to League 1 that you're just automatically should be playing but again if you're making mistakes and you're chucking goals in and, and th- then you find yourself at the team that that it's the same at any level there's always competition and then as i say there was kind of i was starting to get a little bit frustrated because i was coming in at alan comer's first team goal at the time and and comer kind of had a lot of niggly injuries these kind of last few years so I was coming in and I was playing well getting man to match performances I was saving penalties I was kind of doing well in the kind of old firm games or, or the, the, the games against Rangers Celtic and then all of a sudden kind of as soon as Coleman was fit I was back in so I was you got to a point where you thought right I'm here I, I'm, I'm here I'm here to stay and you do as much as you can but again the, the manager at the time I probably didn't understand it at the time I probably understand it a bit better now but obviously a bit, a bit experience and everything else like that so as I say it was just one of the things where uh when it came to the end of the, the 40 or 50 games I kind of made a, a, a tough decision because I loved the club and, and I loved the, the fact they gave me the opportunity so I had 7 or 8 great years there but I came to a point where I said "No, nah, I need to go and try and play regularly I had a couple of different moves on and there a few things happening in Europe and stuff eh, and down south but then obviously that summer eh, I got a phone call for Rangers and, and obviously growing up a Rangers fan and, and my boy who got heroes it was a kind of right, like that was it when can we get it done when can we get it signed
2: before we get to, to the Rangers move, you, you touched upon your two kind of loan moves uh, when you were younger. One was Queens Park, one was Muir. Between the two of them, you made fifty four appearances. Just how important was it for you as a young player to get out and get that get the game time as as you've just kind of alluded to there at, at such huge. a young age at a decent level?
1: Huge, absolutely huge. Again, it was that I think that's one of the the, the, the major factors in me playing for for nineteen nineteen and a bit years because. Uh, I mean, that gave me a great grounding in terms of learning real football, because certainly nowadays as well, where academy football is, it's all about technique and it's all about, it's all about the, yeah, it's about the tactical bit and it's everything else, but there's no, there's no really a real consequence to winning or losing or make a mistake. I mean, as soon as you go into the, even as soon as you go into the dressing rooms where you're a, you're a, you're a 17 or an 18-year-old kid and, and and yeah, you have to people see the potential in you, that's why the managers see the potential in you, that's why they sign you on loan. Uh, but when you get into a real change room we, we seasoned guys that have maybe been at the top level and have come down and I mean if you if you are at fault for a goal or you make a mistake or you're not quite as commanding as what they expect, then boy do they let you know. And and that's that's the bit of learning the game and learning to manage the game in certain situations, when you're winning one 0 when you're losing one 0 when the kitchen everything in the kitchen sinks coming at you in the last ten minutes, that was that was a great grounding for me. And again, I didn't have it all my own way. There was times when I found myself making mistakes and out the team, as, as every goalkeeper does. Uh, but as I say, that that was that was one of the best things that that happened to me. Going into a real changing room and, and seeing how these kind of guys done it, and as I say, my first two managers as well. The the Queens Park one was the funny one because. Commander were due to play Queen's Park in a pre season game with the first team, and it was kind of Queen's Park didn't have a goalkeeper. So Bobby Williamson said to me, Smitty, kind of, it was more kind of, I don't think it was a test, it was basically if I'd I said, no, he was still telling me I was playing anyway, but he said, <laughs> do you want to play for Queen's Park today? And I said, yeah, of course, it's a game of football, and it's obviously you get to kind of shut out the, the kind of Paul Wrights and the Alan poison uh-huh. and that. So he said to me, you right, you're playing for Queen's Park. So I ended up, I think we got battered four or five nil, but. Uh, that was enough for John McCormick to say no I want to take him on loan for a season so uh, John McCormick was my first well Boy Olsen was the kind of manager at the time but in terms of changing him John McCormick was my first manager the second season when I went on loan it was John McVeigh. and then the third season when I come back Bobby had obviously left and, and, and when I come back at the end of my loan's belt was Jim Jeffries so kind <laughs> oh, of right, let's say they didn't the as I say if you weren't were cutting the mustard they certainly let you know <laughs> uh, but again that, that's, that was probably Where I was fortunate In terms of There was there was no quarter given You were either Doing a, a good job for them And they treated you well When you were doing a job for them Or if you weren't a, Doing a job for them They certainly let you know But again I think that's that was Lucky for me In terms of I wasn't getting A, a, a miser patting me in the back I would much rather Have the, the open and honest Aye. bit And saying Aye. right You need to work up Your ideas Or you need to fix this And then obviously You can go back to the pros Like the, the Gordon Marshall's, the, the Colin Meldrums And the Jim Stewart's And stuff And you can say Right I had a problem With this on Saturday how can I? How can I improve this? And so they kind of two marrying in together. The fact that you were going on to a part-time team, but training professionally during the day again was, was huge. And as I say, one of the one of the major influences in in terms of me kind of having a sustained career
2: rather than having four or five years and then and then falling away. So you're you're coming to the end of your your kind of deal at Kilmarnock in two thousand and seven. Did you uh, kind of decide within yourself? No, I'm leaving. Or was it when Rangers? approached you how did the move play? Nah, I'd decided before
1: that so I'd been offered
2: a contract by Kilmarnock
1: but again as I alluded to earlier the, the kind of circumstances and and I, and I probably was a bit young and a bit brash at the time and saying well, well I've come in and I've done X, Y and Z but in, in the real scheme of things I hadn't done a lot you know what I mean i, I, I hardly done anything but it was just that bit where you finally broke into a first team was it a bit big headed bravado I don't know but I wouldn't like to think so but it was just one of the ones where I, I said well you went and done the couple of seasons in loan, and and you played fifty odd games, and then it took me a while to kind of amass the fifty odd games at command because it was kind of stop start. I was playing two or three games. Alan Combe was fit coming in. I was kind of frustrated going back in the bench, and and after a point of doing that a few times, I just thought to myself, well, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm I can I'm good enough to to play in the SPL. So there was a few offers. So from the kind of Christmas when they would offered me the deal, I knocked it back, and there was a bit of two on the phone and to come back with a wee bit better money and things like that but I just decided I, I had I was quite headstrong at the time and I just decided that no I wanted to go and try somewhere else and as I say there was there was a few different offers for, for various places but uh, and as I say we were kind of close to a few of them uh, but then obviously kind of I think it was the first or second day of holiday I got a phone call uh, and as I say it was Rangers were interested and as I say after that it was just a case of right do I and
2: so did you go and meet who, who did you go and meet to, to kinda go a walk around the club and stuff like that and sign sign a deal?
1: Well the deal originally wasn't done, so my agent at the time was uh, my agent at the time was Dan Jackson. Uh so as I say, the uh, when it kinda I was on the first or second day of my holiday and it was one of the ones, right, do you want me to fly back? I'll get it done as quick as possible. <laughs> and I was like, No, no, it's just fine, we're kinda early stages and, and as I say, so it just progressed from there and obviously when I came back, it, I I was still had about an hour a week or ten days where they were going to they were going to kind of parade it as such or or, or kind of uh, get it out there and then it ended up me and Dash, me and John called Dashville ended up signing in the same day, and just as I say just get just get the, the tour of the training ground and stuff because uh, as my agent said at the time if if he's a shown somebody read right about the training ground he said he'd say they'd have signed for nothing. <laughs> So as I say, there was a cut of things, bits and bobs, and then went. to I was from my medical, as I say, and then I would so actually signed the contract, and it was, wasn't it about a week or ten days later that that, that kind of everything was was kind of. So you're desperate to tell everybody, and your your Aye. your mom and dad and your brother not as desperate to tell everybody, but it was kind of one of the ones you have got to sit on it for a, a week to ten days, and obviously when it when it happened, it happened. So it was uh, it was good.
2: You obviously joined the club, and what was first full season when he came back, we. Going in the Champions League properly, uh, and we fell out of it, and, and went into uh, the UEFA Cup. You were second sent goalkeeper at the Alan McGregor at the time until we signed Neil Alexander. How did it feel for you, kind of working with Alan McGregor every day, and and you know just experiencing the whole Rangers squads every week?
1: Well, again, it was one of the ones where it's kind of I had a decision to make as well because. Uh, the, the, the the reason why I left command was because I wanted to play a regular but then obviously you know coming to a club the size of Rangers and, and you come to a club the size of Rangers and, it, and it's like there's there's going to be people there I mean obviously Roy Carroll was there as well the, the, first, seat, the first kind of six months of the season so I mean you've got at that time Griegsie was Griegsey had, had cemented himself in the play in the team made international honours and stuff like that as well so and then Roy was the same so I mean you've got you've got tough competition ahead of you the only thing I could do every day was work as hard as I could, and, and as I say, there was that that time when I fought between second choice and, I th- and sometimes I was third choice, and and that was kind of the frustrating bit. But again, you just got to try and keep yourself as fit as possible, and, and so that you, whenever you ever you get to do do the opportunity, you give yourself justice. But yeah, training with the guys again, I had I signed a three-year deal, uh, and in terms of I think the first season, so Roy ended up playing the first League Cup game. I think it was East Fife at East End Park. And I thought, right, okay, that's, that's a kind of, not a kick in the teeth, but again, it's kind of one of the ones you, you're you hoping that maybe you'll play the cup game. And then Roy played, but then the Scottish Cup game, obviously Roy had left to go to Derby. So the Scottish Cup game against East Stirling, obviously I played that game and that was my kind of, my debut, but my one and only game. Eh, because I say, the former of and, and obviously the gaffer signing the new Alexander. Eh, and then obviously towards the end of that first season, we obviously Griegse getting injured at Parkhead. And, and then kind of Neil coming in and obviously me sitting me sitting as kind of understudy so great games to be involved in I mean again going back to it there was competition for places was unbelievable I mean we had guys that guys that played 30 and 40 games for their country that couldn't even go on the bench I mean, right. and, and I always remember Barry Ferguson was great at the time as well when I first signed he, he kind of took me out for lunch and he said look here's the difference between Commander and Rangers here's what's expected of you." and he didn't need to do that he was just a great captain and he and again, he would say like there'll be times where you're frustrated. He says there'll be times where you're happy. He says because at one point he says we had Stefan, Close, Lionel, Sherboni, and Anthony Mee here. He says <laughs> again the international goalkeepers. And yet when it came to a saddle, one of them was sitting in the stand. He says so there might be times when you're when you're like that. And as I say, but that was a good bit of advice as well because it kind of he didn't need to do that. He, he done it off his own back, which was 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 a measure of the man in his cell, But. So, yeah, just to be involved in training with you guys every day, and obviously try to improve yourself. And again, I, I clearly didn't play as many games as I wanted to do because that's that's all you ever want to do. When as soon as you become a professional, you say right, I want to, I want to rack, out, rack up as um, amount of games as possible. But anybody that knows the professional environment, it's not as easy as that. It's not as easy as that. And as I say, there's there's people that. Again, you need to get out of the way, and, and if they're performing well, then you've just got to kind of sit and take your medicine right. and just keep putting away. But the most important bit that I learned for that period is you've got, to, you've got to look after yourself so that whenever you do that opportunity, because a week's a long time in football, anything can change, like a, a an injury to somebody or a suspension, and you're ready to go. And that's all I could really do at that time. And then obviously, my year left, and my contract, St. Johnson, coulda, they'd obviously just been promoted at the time and and, and they were wanting to take me on loan. And I thought, well, as, as much as I, I love being at the club and the, the, lack, the lack of games was starting to probably get frustrating because I didn't want to go into a third season doing the same thing. So did pre-season. We were just about to go to the Emirates to play in the Emirates. Uh, and then, as I say, the St. Johnson thing kind of came about pretty quick. And I thought, well, there's no point in me going on loan, playing 10 games well. And then the 11th game, when I'm due to play against Rangers and it's on the TV and it's a bit of exposure, right. I've got to sit in the stand. So I thought, well, I just kind of... Made the decision to leave at that point, which again wasn't a good because wasn't a great because again my my allegiances to the club, the, the fact that the facilities and the, the guys who were training me every day. But again, I knew from that point the two years previous when I signed, I was a far better goalkeeper in in terms of technically, tactically knowing the game, everything else. It was just a, a kind of progression to then go and say right, I've I've, I've put my ground in here. I need to go and put it into practice somewhere else, and obviously. St so Johnston ended up becoming that, that that club that I did that with.
2: Obviously, you were you've you've mentioned it yourself. You were the the backup goalkeeper, Neil Alexander, when due to the, the injury to Alan McGregor, we made it to the final of the UEFA Cup in Manchester. What are your memories of that? Of the week leading up to that of the actual game, how was that as an experience for you being part of a a, a squad that was in a European final?
1: Yeah, the experience of the whole thing was phenomenal because, again, I went to Kilmarnock who had some really great players and, as I say, we a great club. But then you go and step up to Rangers where everything's magnified. I mean, the amount of press coverage, the amount of everything. I mean, and we remember that game. We had to play two qualifiers to get in the Champions League. We'd, we played Zeta and then we played Red Star Belgrade. So we played four games right away to get in the Champions League. All of a sudden, you've got Stuttgart, you've got Lyon and you've got, you've got Barcelona at home. And you're sitting me seven points after the first three games. You're going for hold on a minute. This is brilliant. This is and and again, as everybody knows, the atmosphere at the European nights. Ibooks are are electric. They're unbelievable. Uh, and then obviously things didn't quite work out in terms of the last game against Lyon. Uh, and then we ended up. But again, you're you're going and playing. You're playing Panathinaikos. You're playing Werder Bremen. You're playing teams that have unbelievable. European culture and history and, and we were just it was just one of the ones in the squad was just one of the it was just another say die attitude I mean there was a willingness and a determination You even seen that in training every day we, I mean I go back to the the old school bit about we scuffles here and we scuffles there and that was just the way it was because everybody had a women mentality I mean it didn't matter whether you were playing 2v2, 5v5 or 11v11 nobody wanted to get beaten. that that was that was the essence of that team that they just never knew when they were beaten even if they went a goal behind the Ibrox we, we knew where the was to go away from home and win games and then to say because when you, when you get to certainly the buzz after Fiorentina if you natural scoring the penalty taking of the whole lead up to, to Manchester was everything. obviously you've got to take care of your bread and butter stuff as well but just the whole buzz and everybody was talking about it and everybody couldn't wait and the, the, the rallying around for tickets and you're getting phone calls here, there and everywhere and, and as I said to, to be part of that to end up being part of that and part of that training group was, was phenomenal as I say uh, t- to go and experience the, the things that we experienced and as I said the, the night of the game we just I don't remember much about the game to be honest I don't, I've don't. i never watched it back I'm uh, it's just one of the ones where everything buzzing right up to it and as I say uh, it was then that after it was a kind of like it was a sore one a really really sore one for everybody but then you've got to pick yourself up because you've got a league to win and you've got a Scottish right. Cup to win so as I say that's just part of Rangers where everything just keeps moving on so fast and and I mean there was guys in that squad to play a ridiculous amount of minutes and a ridiculous amount of numbers which is probably for the top European teams now is normal to play 60 plus games but yeah. at that point in time 12 years ago or whatever it wasn't a, it wasn't such certainly for a Scottish club so as I say they the, for us to even get there now you look back and you know that it was a, it was a, it was an amazing accomplishment to say just a bit a wee bit unlucky that we never we never finally made the last wee bit because again you would be you would be i mean you would be in folklore the same as the, the cup winners cup team of 72 You I mean all the guys that played in the, the, the games and they they would be they would be legends forever as i say and, and they, they are still but as i say they would be they would be in the same kind of bracket as they guys in, in terms of rangers lifting a european trophy which have been phenomenal but it wasn't to be, but as I say, we, we moved on and so you've you just, again, you've just got to keep winning games and that's that's what we had to do.
2: Who knows, Graham, if we had maybe have had a wee bit of a hand for people who could have helped us and, and let us... Yeah, possibly, I like
1: don't like getting into that too much, but, <laughs> but again, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, everybody's got their own opinion on that, saying that it should, and people saying it should and, and, and everything else like that, but... Again, it's, it's do you want to help Scottish football? That, that's the biggest thing. It's, I mean, if, if any club is is needing a help, especially in these current circumstances where there's a lot of clubs needing help, I mean, I think it's the duty of the, the kind of governing body to try and help as much as possible. And I, and I know there's been statements and interviews done in the years gone where there's been certain, uh, I think George Peake came out and said there was a certain SPL chairman, prominent chairman, who said that no to help Rangers. I mean, that's just kind of to me, really more a kind of sad indictment on, on, on Scotties, Scotland rather than actually trying to help each other. But again, listen, it's...
2: The Japan Tour was maybe important. I don't know how it went, but maybe it was important. I don't know. Moving on, anyway, we went on to, you went on to play for St Mirren, St Johnston, and Wraith Rovers and also Peterhead. Now, Peterhead at the time were in direct competition with Rangers in Division 3 or League 2, as it's called now. How was it for you as an opposition player that came up against Rangers at that time with we all the kind of
1: hysteria around the club? Well, I actually didn't sign until the January, so Rangers were kinda well underway in League Two. I mean again with going back to the with leaving Rangers before, so uh, I it was kinda I'd I'd made the, the choice to leave, so I did a great pre season and then obviously the kind of teams were, were other teams were, were kinda uh, later on starting so I might a good pre season. I about went to St. I met, met up with St Johnston and went to Ireland. And uh, and in the last game over in, in St Johnston, over in Ireland, just a simple bye kick, just pinged the bye, the bye kick, and next minute, bang, my, my thigh had went. So, tore my thigh, seven centimetre tear my thigh, so I'm thinking, oh my God, I've I've, I've I've chose to leave Rangers to go and play, put all the, the good practice and the training that I had into, into, into the games, and all of a sudden, I'm injured. So, that was a kind of tough period for me. Uh, I ended up no making my debut to about the October, I think we played Sturgeon United in a derby in a couple 2 one two one. I ended up making my debut, uh, and uh, I ended up playing every game from from then on in for the rest of the season. So right away, barring the injury, it, it chose to be the right decision. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the next couple of years, kind of injuries and injuries were kind of the biggest frustrating factor in terms of my second year at St Johnstone. Obviously, Alan May, Alan Main left, and, and they brought in Peter Enkelman uh, as I say who'd played in the Premier League in England and stuff and, and as I say I, I cut a finger injuries and I cut a different injuries I was kind of in and out cut a games here and there and, and then obviously again uh, I had an honest chat with Derek McInnes who I had a lot of respect for uh, and as I say uh, I chose to move on and as I say within a couple of days St Myrne had, had signed me uh, again go to St Myrne I think the 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 SPL was kicking off on the Saturday. We were playing them. had just been promoted, but the game had been changed to the Monday night for Sky. Uh, and I ended up breaking my finger on the Saturday. So if the game had went ahead on the Saturday, I, I think I'd been playing. broke my finger on the Saturday, and and before big big Samson, who had grew up with Coman and a great relationship, and I still speak to now. Uh, big Sammy was great that season for us. Man, any time he had a wobble. He kind of he bounced back pretty quickly as as goalkeepers need to do, and as I say, he was experienced enough in terms of his previous loans and other other clubs he would played for? So it was a kind of tough year for me. That was kind of when I was at a point where uh, Saint Mirren had a year left, and, and I kind of I hadn't spoke to the minds. I said, look, I said, this this has been the toughest year. I said I, I need to go and play, uh, and as I say. I a couple of different moves on that fell through through people not moving on lack of money which is just normal in football but I was training with Patrick Thistle at the time because my agent had just uh, he obviously spoke about he wanted to get back into coaching Dan Jackson so he he joined up with Jackie McNamara and uh, Simon Donnelly and that at Patrick Thistle so I ended up training with Patrick Thistle again money money value they couldn't could come up with anything so I ended up training and I was coming to 30 in that October so I trained with him kind of June, July, August September uh, and again, just waiting for things to happen and and kind of things to, to develop in terms of, again, clubs getting their finances sorted and people moving on and whatever. So I was I was staring. I thought, you know what, I'm I'm going to start looking beyond football now. I'm going to start getting my coaching badges. So I started signing up to my coaching badges. And my pal, uh, David Nichols, who was assistant manager, Peter Head, he'd been at me for the summer. Just can you come and train me? And if you don't get in sorted will you, and and I said, look, David, with the greatest respect, I says. I've been an SPL goalkeeper since I left school. I still like to fancy my chances at SPL, and but again, when it got to October, I said, you know what? I just want to go and play. I just want to go and play. I don't, I don't want to look back at my career, in 10, 15 year time, and say I only amassed that amount of appearances, or I only, I only got that. And and it wasn't actually till I started going up to Peterhead that you realised how great a club they were. can I speak highly enough. Again, Jim McInally and, and David Nichols and. I mean, Jim is still there now, longest-serving manager right. in Scotland. The people behind the scenes, uh, the chairman, the vice chairman, the board of directors—they were phenomenal for me. They were sort of earth people; they were fantastic. Anything you wanted, you, you got, and and anything, anything they could help you with. Uh, say they used to take you up on a, on a Friday night, and and and, and uh, put you in a hotel and and stuff like that, and they would they would make your travel arrangements. Something there was in a, for a part-time club in Scotland, you wouldn't get that oh, very often. So I, I ended up. In fact one of the when I was training with them for a week before the contract got signed, they were actually playing Rangers uh, at Ibrooks for Armed Forces Day. And uh, obviously everybody made a big hoo-ha about the first game at Peterhead and, and the two each and, yeah. and how Rangers had they won it and it was this that, big to say Rangers being demoted in this big the, the big circus that came with. It. Yeah. Uh but to say Rangers were kinda of well underway at that point. Uh, so I, I signed in the kinda of November, December. Uh, and started training away, and then obviously when I got in the team, so I managed to play two games against Rangers. I played one. Peter we lost one 0 I think, because Sandaza scored. Um, uh, and then the second is- game, I the second game, I was beaten for a couple of games to go. So I mean, and that, I mean, even then that was kind of it. Probably won't sound much to a lot of people, but for me it was huge because I only signed with the club in the November or December. Uh, I ended up. Kinda of came to the May time playing at Iboats I won the Player of the Year. Uh, the club had looked after me in in terms of in terms of off the pitch stuff and, and and on the pitch. And then, as I say, I was happy just playing every week. I had the smile back in my face. And and, and in fact, I ended up breaking the club. Uh, I ended up breaking the club Queen uh, sheet record. I think it was something like nine hours or something. Uh, or nine games when when I went kind of. Uh, without losing it, losing it we ended up getting to the playoff final uh, we finished I think we finished second or third to Rangers finished second to Rangers I think we ended up in the playoff final uh, and we actually finished with a better defensive record that season than Rangers so actually, we'd, did actually it? Conceded, we'd actually conceded less goals than Rangers and, and again that's no that's just I mean people don't remember stuff like that but it's, it's right. when you you look back in your career and you think yeah it was League 2 yeah it was Peter Head but, but uh, again I, I was I so I really enjoyed my time there and as I say there was probably, I had other opportunities to go higher again but I, I, didn't, I didn't take them because as I say Peterhead were great for me, they were good for the fact that it was part time and, and I could go and train my Airdrie locally, I could go and train my Albion Rovers locally which were good for me and more importantly it was giving me an opportunity to go and, and get my coaching badges. And as I say, uh, I so that season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I made a backside of the goal, but we ended up one two one at Ibrox, and again, that was even just the things like that. Where I mean, something that always sticks in my mind as well. Where we were walking off the pitch, and there was maybe a wee band of twenty or thirty Rangers supporters were were still clapping you off the pitch, oh, and it, just because you were you were little Head, you were League Two, and, and Rangers were just expected to drop the league, which obviously they did. But as I say, just the wee bits kind of they always stick in my memory in terms of as I say, there's. The Queen sheet, but the Queen sheet record and the defensive record, and to say the fact that I, I played every where I played my first made my debut. Peter Head, I ended up playing some like hundred sixty odd games in a row. And as I say, just great to be playing again. And by that time, my kids were starting to kind of grow up and started getting into football. And it was great for them to come in a Saturday and see their dad actually playing every week rather than training and, and not being involved in a Saturday and stuff. So yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. And obviously. At at not finish finishing the best, we obviously getting relegated the last season. But then, by that time, I had my coaching badges. Jim Stewart had obviously spoke to me about coming into the academy. So I'd been I'd been in the academy for about a year, a uh, year and a half, uh, just doing the kind of junior academy at night and stuff. Uh, along with along with uh, a few of the other coaches, and then as I say, the Rafe Rovers came in, and, and I thought, well, I'm going to have another crack at this full time because say, this was the time where. Uh, as I said, I'd been, I'd been, I think their goalie got injured in pre season or the first game in the season, and it was a case of, right, uh, we want to sign you uh, toward the January. And then I came into the January and did well and ended up just staying. So at that point, I still wanted to give full time football my goal, but obviously, I was more kind of looking towards the coaching side of things as well. So I was trying to learn the other side of the game because. Again, being a player all the, all those years, you never actually know how much planning, how much preparation, how much kind of hours go into the coaching side of things. So I was starting to get a wee a wee snippet at that as well. And obviously the times that that kind of Colin, obviously the times where uh, Colin Stewart was going up to the first team with, with Graham Murray and with Jimmy Nicholl and stuff like that. A couple of occasions where obviously Mark left, and then uh, when Pedro came in, uh, and 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 then he left. So there was a couple of opportunities where Andy ended up kind of. Being full time during the day, uh, but then obviously kind of uh, doing the kind of my training at night and stuff. So as I say, that no, was it was good. But then there came a point after after the uh, Rovers when we obviously disappointed. Last game of the season, we had to win at home. Uh, we drew 0-0. Uh, but again, enjoy my time with Rafe Rovers. I mean, again, I know it doesn't mean end a lot of people, but we we I I'd, I got in and I ended up only, I only played twenty two games because I had a week kind of lull during the season where we ended up getting taken out of the team. And, and yet I played twenty two games, I had eleven clean sheets, and uh, I mean the, the the person that ended up winning the Golden Glove that year had twelve clean sheets. He was the only, only one ahead of me, but he played yeah. thirty odd games, and I'd only played twenty two. So just wee things like that, where you think, well, what what could have happened? But saying ultimately, we lost. We, we drew now. in in the last game, lost in the playoffs, and as I say, that kind of no put me in a downer. But I, I wanted to again bounce back, and I wanted to keep playing, but. Again, that was when the opportunity to come in to come full time at Rangers because Colin had moved up to the Colin Stewart had moved up to the first team permanent. We obviously we with the Gaffer coming in and, and, and Gary McAllister and that. So again, that opportunity I had a few opportunities to play, few opportunities to kind of to come into the coaching side of things, uh, and and again a fact a, a chance to be full time at the club again was, was a huge draw and something that I ended up accepting. Ready is relentless. Ready is fearless ready is fearing no foe ready for the next level renew your season ticket now and support rangers into season 2021 prices are frozen for next season and the renewals deadline is extended visit rangers.co.uk to secure your season ticket today always rangers always loyal if,
2: if times had maybe I, aligned a wee bit better with yourself being a fan of the club. And had you arrived at Rangers a wee bit later, the possibility you could have been your goalkeeper throughout the lower leagues into the Premier League, do you know what I mean? Is that not something that you yeah, yeah. think? You know, we maybe maybe if, if it had been a wee bit better kind of timing then you could have come back to the club?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean I mean I'm not a would I shoulda coulda guy, but again, you live and die with decisions, you, you make the best decisions at that time based on the information you have and to say but if the timing thing had been me better, yeah, that would have been great. Uh, as I say, I mean there was obviously a, a, an opportunity to kind of rewrite history in terms of being part of something that would, yeah. the, would bring you bring you back to dragging the club back to where it belonged. But as I say, yeah, it was it was interesting to be playing against Rangers and not in the Premier League as such. Uh, as I say, it was, I can I mean can always remember the I mean the St Johnson fans still talk about the four one game that was managed to be part of the first year mm-hmm. I went to St Johnson as well uh, and and things like that. So. Uh, yeah it'd have be, been interesting it'd have be been interesting it's certainly something that I would have enjoyed but again I made my decision to go and play and as I say the, nobody could have foreseen what happened uh, in terms of that but yeah I mean again there's there, there's there's players there that, that that I mean sometimes they get a lot bit of stout but they deserve enormous credit for, for, for going and putting Rangers mm-hmm. back to where they were uh, and as I say to, to then obviously for the guys now to carry on the good work and getting yeah. to, back to the kind of European stage and that so I say yeah. It, again, it's just part of the club's history and something that we had to go through to get to where we are now. But I think probably more of the fans appreciate what we've got now in terms of yep. uh, the, the infrastructure and, and the infrastructure within the academy as well. Because at that time, uh, there wasn't there was a few youth players get played, but there wasn't as probably many as people thought. I, uh, I think it was just it was just, just, Would just when they want to take that chance as such in terms of maybe no working out. So. As I say, no, the the, the, the fact that the infrastructure uh, since Stephen and Ross Wilson that come in has been great in terms of from the academy right through to the first team as well. So it's it's something that I'm I'm enjoying being part of the now. But yeah, you never know if it'd have been a cut years later, it could have been I could have had a hundred Rangers appearances. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: you've now returned to Rangers as you said as the head of the goalkeeper academy. Can you give the fans just a week and a of brief overview of what your job role entails?
1: Yeah, well I'm I'm kind of responsible for the whole academy so I'm kind of part of the coaching staff in terms of the the, the development group so which is obviously myself Graham Marty, and Peter Lovingcrans and then for for a good period there I was I was uh, doing under 18s as well so obviously with David McCallan and Kevin Thompson but we've since brought Conor Brennan uh, who's been playing part-time with we we, we uh, Dumbarton this season so Conor came in Conor was similar to myself he was part of the kind of Schoolboy program, part of the academy and training at night and stuff. with and Barton, and then obviously he's finished and he's got his goalkeeping license as well. So we've brought him into the building, which is which is helped because it allows me to kind of concentrate more on. It's very difficult in terms of trying to incorporate everything with development group 18s reserve uh, loan goalkeepers because they're all at different kind of ages and stages of the week. So it's very very difficult to keep on top and give them the best kind of training and, and the best topics to be working on because. I mean, on a Tuesday, one one goal goalie could be a pre-match day, one could be a recovery from, right. from a Sunday game, one could be, uh, should have to do a, a working day as such, a kind of tougher day. So, to, so Connor becoming in the building has been great with that. Uh, I, I also coordinate all the kind of coaches, a part-time coaches for, as I say, we've got the Bloclair Academy programme where the kids uh, go to the school, but also the train on a Tuesday and a Wednesday morning before class and they, tr- they come in after school on a Monday and a Thursday in the day release programmes, so the extra contact time stuff there, again Monday to Friday we've got the part-time academy where all the age groups come in two and three nights a week so kind of coordinate all the coaches for that and then obviously uh, the, the matches at the weekend and stuff as well so making sure that all the goalkeepers are kind of we're, we're keeping an eye on the progression and we're doing match reports and we're making sure we, we know how many minutes they've played and, and everything else like that, so yeah it's kind of, again a bigger undertaking than probably people think, but uh, I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy the, the kind of presenting stuff, collating the information, obviously, uh, and and watching the games. But obviously, nothing comes nothing compares to to being on the training ground. As I say, there's that's when I'm I'm most comfortable, and that's my, that's what I enjoy most because you're out in the grass and you're kicking the ball about, and you're you're seeing the, the guys develop in front of your eyes. So, it's a no. It's something that I've enjoyed since I came in.
2: We had Robbie McCrory on loan at Livi last season obviously only the age of 22, but he's he's playing in a top flight for a, a club and, and Livingston have done pretty well this year in the league. How would you assess his progress and how far that he's away if you actually step into the first team? Obviously, we've got Alan in front of him, but Alan's not going to be around forever.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Robbie's certainly... I mean, Robbie's not the finest article by any means, but he, he's uh, he's certainly heading in the right direction in terms of that. I mean, again, what we alluded to earlier in terms of... Uh, like going and loan and stuff, and then Robbie doing the Berwick and, and doing Berwick Rangers, and then obviously it, it, it then at Queen of the South, and then moving to Livingston, and, and again that's that's the importance of when we, when you look at where Alan was in terms of uh, his pathway into the first team, uh, and get in terms of going and loan and, and getting at that point it was first division with St Johnston, and then SPL with with them filming. So again, that's the kind of pathway that we want to see because it's tried and tested. It's I mean Craig Gordon done it. I mean, to a lesser extent, I did it myself, and, and there's loads of goalkeepers where I mean, even you look at this is a successful goalkeepers in England, and you look at obviously Wesley's situation chasing as well. They've all had to go and experience different pathways, but they all have to go and play at some point, and and again, that's been important because when I look at last year, obviously finishing up before the kind of COVID nineteen stuff, we had Robbie at 22 playing in the SPL. We also Kieran Wright at 21 playing, eh, sorry, at 20 stroke 21 playing in. Uh, the championship with Arloa. We then had uh, Nicky Hogarth, the 18 years of age, playing League Two, still in Albion. We had uh, Lewis Buddenoukis, who was the under 18 goalkeeper, but when we were playing in the year for youth leagues, it was under 19. Uh, and then obviously the, under, kind of, the second under 18 goalkeeper, Jay Hogarth, was. He played fifty percent under eighteen games a year above his cell. He he also got through into uh he got through into one of the, the European games as well, which was two years above his cell. With Lewis Buddenowski who got through into the Solihull Moors game because obviously uh eh, an injury to Griggsy and then obviously Kieran had to move on. So again that challenge is there for him, that pathway is there for him. And as I say, that Robbie's now at a stage where he's probably played sixty or seventy games professionally. So I think another... another I don't know, another maybe 30 games on top of that, then he's best prepared to then... I think he's best prepared to come back in the building and, and, and fight it out with whoever's here, whether that be Alan. Obviously, we found out the news about ways yesterday, but yeah. there'll, obviously be, there'll obviously be movement there in terms of that kind of stuff as well. Uh, so as I say, that that's what you want to instill. You want to instill competition, but you know there's going to be competition at Rangers. The most important bit for us as coaches is to try and instill that game bit in them. If we can if we can make them better on the training ground every day but also they go and get their their loan spells and they go and that bit of real football and a real changing room and learn the game and and that's the bit that ultimately is going to determine whether they're going to be Rangers goalkeepers or no. because as I say the the, it's all the bits of the physical bit in terms of the work rate and the recovery and now the preparation the the game has moved on in terms of a a physical point of view it's now a, a case where ability's not enough you've got to you've got to recover properly you've got to you've got to eat right, you've got to live right, you've got to do everything, and as I say, that's why Alan has played at the level he's played at for so long, because yeah. he, he's, I mean, he's, now, he's, not, he's not always been a saint, but, he, but he's He's learned and he's picked up stuff along the way, and as I say, all we can really do is give the the boys the tools to do that as well, and give them the opportunity to perform in front of crowds, and then ultimately, the final bit's going to be done to them, the final bit's I, going to be done to them in terms of whether, whether it's a, whether, as I say, that they're good enough to play for Rangers.
2: Keelan, right? You touched on uh, Graham, obviously playing for for Alawa in the championship. How would you assess how well he performed in his the spell there? Because obviously we know ourselves if being have been in the championship not long ago. It's a it's a good standard of league, especially for a young boy like Keelan. Like,
1: like yeah, it's it's tough, and again for a goalkeeper to, to be playing at that level at twenty years of age, twenty-one years of age, it's not be underestimated. Because I mean, league league football's tough, and as I say, the championship full of really, really good. Players and, and again, there's I mean there's only one or two teams that that are, that are no full time. Uh, I mean, so as I say, the guys are physically physically prepared properly, and you've got guys who I say that have played at a fantastic level, and I mean even even like as I say, playing against guys like Stephen Doby who has been there and done it in England, and 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 is is straight it's phenomenal. Guys like that are, are, are every bit as important, as, as I say, for learning and playing against these players. And obviously you want to take the step up and challenge yourself to SPL. But again, as I say, that that's kind of where we've sat down and looked at the kind of pathway in, in terms of where we can do it. Again, Kieran went to the kind of bottom end of the League One as such uh, in terms of his Albion Rovers. And then obviously we then got him loan to Wraith Rovers, which was, was going to be at the top end. But obviously he a serious shoulder injury, which put heed to that. And again, for him then to take the step up again and go to the Championship, again heading in the right direction, similar to Robbie doing League 2 with Berwick, and, and, then, and then moving up to the kind of bottom yeah. end Championship, Queens, and then now now he's kind of uh, bottom end, or I'm well, not saying bottom end, that's disrespectful at Livingston because they've done fantastically well to get to where they've got to, but you know what I mean? Then it's taking a step up to the, to the SPL, and yeah. that, that's the kind of that's the kind of pathway and progression that we want the guys what guys to do. And But they've got to understand that they've got to be patient with it as well because... You can't jump. For my, in my opinion, I think if you jump too early, you can also get kind of caught out as well. So, yeah. as I say, I and mean, that makes your next, your next decision or your next, your next loan tougher. I think if you kind of, kind of build up and kind of, kind of progress up the levels, and, and then it obviously, he's maintaining his kind of contact with the goal of at A place that was good for him in terms of being part time when he can still progress in the building as well. Yeah. Uh, Robbie's a little bit different where he's he's out and he's at Livingston and because. Ultimately, Robbie's at this moment in time is is got to prove that he can be an SPL goalkeeper or, or a Livingston goalkeeper. Then the next stage for him would be to prove that he can be a Rangers goalkeeper. So, as I say, there's Kieran certainly heading in the right direction as well. And again, I, I just think that, that, that game time's going to be the most important bit for him in the next year or two. Uh, and then again, as I said before, ultimately... How well they perform uh, in a match day is really down to them. But the best we can do is prepare them physically, mentally, tactically, and everything else, and, and obviously psych- psychologically as well, because that's a big part of the game though as well. What
2: Would the Rangers look for in goalkeepers? What's the main main attributes?
1: Again, I don't I don't think I, I don't think I can a set structure in terms of what what things are like. I mean, I don't think it's a kind of one size fits all. I mean, the most important bit is even when you look at even when you look at kind of Allen and Wes at this moment in time, I think everybody that kind of knows a wee bit about goalkeeping would see that they're totally different goalkeepers. But they're both very, very good goalkeepers. So, Aye. again, within the academy, we've got kind of, people make a big deal about the height thing. We've got, we've got kind of ranging from the 5 foot 9, 5 foot 10 right up to the 6 foot 4s. I mean, but it's it's about what they do. It's about, The most important bit is about what they do. I mean, again, they'll have different ways of kicking the ball. They'll have obviously different styles in terms of catching the ball, diving. They'll, they'll also have different ways of recovering. They'll have different ways of dealing with mistakes. They'll have different ways of communicating, different ways right. of dealing with pressure. But the most important bit is is giving them experience and giving them the opportunity to learn what works for them. That's the most important bit because, again, if you look at Griegsey's technique compared to Wes, I think they're different. But they're both effective in what they do. They're Aye. both effective with it. They've, they've found out over the period or, are over the over the years what what works for them and what doesn't work for them. So they've kept the stuff that works and they've discarded the stuff that doesn't work. And they, and ultimately, that's the biggest thing. It's not just about these guys. The guys that were trying to teach it. It's not about just standing in the goals and making saves. You're judged on far far more. Rangers goalkeeper. You're, you're judged on everything. And as I say, all we can really do is give them the opportunity to learn and trying to guide them into what's going to work best for them, because ultimately, I mean, it's like anything else, it's about being ineffective when you get into a match situation, and that, that's the difference between good goalies and great goalies, the, the effectiveness part of it. And So I say, I don't think there's a kind of set model. Yes, of course, I've probably got what I think a perfect goalie looks like. Colin Stewart, the first team's probably got a perfect thought, Connor's probably got a perfect thought, but as I say, the most important thing for the goalkeepers is that they're effective and they find out what works for them.
2: We, I would say we're probably one of the, the the teams or the clubs certainly that the other clubs would look at and be envious of considering we have two, or we, we did have two goalkeepers at that standard in terms of Alan McGregor and uh, Wes Fotheringham. You've obviously got the unenviable task, I think, trying to unearth the next Alan McGregor, if you like. Mm. how Are we confident that within our academy just now we have that within our ranks? Or are we confident enough that we can certainly mould who's
1: there just now into that yeah I think both I think both as I said the the, the pathway is strong for us at this moment in time and, and as I say I had a conversation the other day about kind of interna- international recognition and stuff but that's not the be all and end all for me because the most important bit is you look at look at Griegs Griegs was played Victory Shield and stuff but he was never he was never kind of an out and out kind of, he never done loads of twenty ones. He never had loads of caps. No, he actually played for. He's actually playing in the first team. And, and then Craig Gordon, the other side of the city, was exactly the same. So I, I don't lose sleep over the fact that that we don't have we we don't have people getting internationally recognised. The most important bit f- for me is that we we kind of try to recruit the best talent in Scotland. And obviously that that's the most important bit. I mean, we have a great scouting and recruitment system that's ultimately even getting better. doesn't there's, there's, there's more they more finance to get put in that to, to kind of earth, unearth these guys, and as I say, from under 14s, 16s right up, I think their pathway looks very, very strong. And, and again, it's it's about getting them used to competition, getting them used to that 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 is, that there's going to be no matter where you go in football, there'll be there'll be competition, there'll be competition, but it's how you how you strive every day, how you push yourself every day, who's ultimately we're not there to motivate them we're there to we're there to give them the tools in, in, in order to be successful but they, they've got to have that intrinsic bit in them to, to to want to be the best and be better than they were yesterday or be better than the guy that's in front of them or, or, or whatever the, the case may be they've got to have that motivation their uh, but as I say when you, when you look at our pathway and as I say that the goalies that I've mentioned they're out playing at such an early age and that can, that can only benefit them as I say I think the, the future's looking bright in terms of that Will, will the, the first team need to go and recruit at this period? Possibly, yeah. We obviously the West situation, but yeah. I think there's more to be benefited from goalkeepers playing out with the building to then have to give themselves the best opportunity to come back in the building, especially the Scottish ones. So as I say, we won't probably reap the rewards for another another wee while. But as I say, hopefully they'll be judged on they'll be judged on where they end up. Uh, as I say, because. I would like all the goalkeepers to get to the Rangers' first team, but that's history would suggest that that's not the case. Yeah. So, but the biggest yeah. bit for me is can I give them the tools to be successful as possible, and whether and, and I'll be judged on in ten years' time whether they're still playing at a high level, whether it's whether it's SPL, whether it's England, whether it's whether it's abroad or whatever. But ultimately, the main focus is to try and get to a trick, as you say, to try and get the next Al McGregor because it's been a long time since we've had a we've had a a goalkeeper of his kind of stature or, 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 his, or his ability in the goals and again that's been a work in progress as well because if you speak to Griegsy and where Griegsy is now at this point in his life in terms of technically, physically it would have been totally different when he, when he first came in and, and, yeah. and displaced Lionel Messi. so as I say there's there's loads of different things in between uh, but as I say there's our, our job or my job at this moment in time is to make sure that I prepare the goalkeepers as best as possible and, and I give them the tools to then go round the first team side of the building and stick. And then ultimately then it's kinda of passed on to the calling as such. But as I say, we, we we talk we talk in most days and we have a as I said before, since Ross and the Gaffer come in, the kinda of, the one club bit has been great for the young boys. They've seen the guys that have went ahead of them. Uh, and as I say, even even the guys that are here now looking at kinda of the guys that are coming in at sixteen, seventeen, looking at where kinda of, even Liam Kelly, to a certain extent, I know Liam Kelly's left the building now, but he's playing at a good level in England. Yeah, yeah. We've also got, as I say, they look at Greigzy, they look at they look at uh, Liam, who's went through the pathway, Robbie's pathways who, as you said, playing SPL at twenty two, is not to be underestimated. Uh, Kieran playing Championship at twenty, so and and also kind of Nicky at eighteen playing League Two still, so to see the guys ahead of them, as I say, can only can only uh, can only inspire them and can kind of spur them on to, to, to try and get there. Obviously, the more the higher up you go, the more difficult it becomes. But again, as I say, that that's kind of between between the goalkeepers, uh, and us, that's that's where we want them to get to. As I say, ultimately, a lot of that's down to the goalkeepers as well. But to say we we certainly it's our job to get to prepare them as best we can.
2: The Rangers, have been fortunate over the years with Andy Gorham, who you obviously have mentioned, Stephen Kloss, and of course Alan McGregor as the present goalkeeper. It's maybe not a question for you, but. As fans we would like to think that the plan is Robbie McCrory steps in rather than we go and recruit somebody else's goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? We'd like we'd like to see one of our own getting into that team and, and same with Ross as well, obviously, and, and, and try again and, and cement their place. I, I suppose it isn't really a question for you, but is that the plan?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean that's that's the whole that's the whole point of the Academy. The whole point of Academy is to try and bring through as many players as possible, but Again, I think being realistic, we're never going to get to a point where, there, where, where there's eight, nine, ten homegrown players uh, in the team because I yeah. mean, it's like it's like anything else that that is the people you've mentioned before. When you look at, I mean, Robbie City's debut certainly Ross, Glenn Middleton. Uh, there's been Nathan Patterson. There's been Dapo Mabude. There's been Kai Kennedy. There's been Josh McPake. There's been a couple that have obviously now moved on in terms of like Zach Rodden and stuff. But and obviously Serge Atakai and stuff. But the, when you look at when you look at the, the guys, and as I say, this is one thing that the gaffer's been really good at, it's not kind of academy here and, and first team there, There's, there, there is a kind of, not saying the, the bridge is easier in terms of the pathway, it looks easier, obviously it comes down to ability and it comes down to being able to perform week in, week out, but, as I say, the whole point of the academy is yeah, can the amount of money that's spent on it can be unearth talent to, to put in that first team and more importantly, not just have one or two appearances but a okay. stick. But again, people have got to be patient as well because everybody's pathway is different. It's no a case of yeah, you want I mean, you want a player to go for under sixteens, under eighteens reserves and straight into the first team. But when you look at when you look at that clubs I mean, even you look at the Liverpool squad to who played most of their the kind of under-23s, under played and got to the semi-final of the, of the Cup. I mean, even they guys, they all need to take different pathways. They might need to go and loan here. You might, might unearth one or two that, that are great, go straight there, then, but that's few and far between. They all need to take different pathways in terms of leaving to come back, in terms of out of the building to come back in, and it might take a, a few because, I mean, you look at the first team now and, and you look how successful they've been. But even for the guys to to be where they are now, if you if you dig in, dig a little bit into their history, they've all had they've all played at different levels and they've all had right. they've all had different kind of loans. Even you look at Jermaine, where he he was loaned out when he was young, and and, and I mean Tav, I think had eight or nine loans in his right. career just and you know, all these different things. So everybody's different. If everybody's different in terms of the pathway that they'll have to take. But again, yeah, I mean that that is the plan that we try and get as many as we can, and that's 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 ultimately what the academy will be judged on: producing talent to go and play is best for their international teams. But then they'll become a point where obviously it's a bit trying to get into the first team, but it's a difficult task, as everybody knows. Uh, I mean, when you look at you look at over the years, there's only been certainly the SPL years when there's only been one or two uh, that have kind of went and stuck. So it is a difficult task, but again. That's why we're all working so hard to try and get the to try and unearth these guys and and to say, get them in there and stick because that's that's our job.
2: Do the young goalkeepers say well, even at the kids younger than the, the 18s, eighteen get the chance to sit or, or ask questions with the Alan McGregor question how he like, his steps to get to the top etc.
1: Well, that, that's something that we intend to do in the next couple of weeks actually in terms of getting gigsy to just sit and have a kind of. Pretty similar to what we're doing now, me and you just sitting and talking and, and say different parts of career. And again, the different the, the different goalkeepers, even the, the young professionals, the kind of full-time guys, will have different questions in terms of that's pertinent to them and obviously the age and stage that they're at and how they see themselves. And, and, and again, just get Alan to be open and honest and say, well, here's where I was at this age and here's where I was at this age and here's what I had to do. Because I've said this before, people only see... People only see the end product, they only see the three o'clock on a Saturday, or they only see the yeah. quarter to eight on the European night. They don't see all the sacrifice, they don't see all the hard work, they don't see all the all the bits that go goes into a kinda of full international or a top top player an elite level football player. They don't see all the hard work and sacrifice that goes into that and, and how yeah. they how they work from a day to day. But more importantly what they believe in and what what the kind of what the kind of philosophy is in terms of football and and how they work and and that's the biggest thing because, again, it's trying to tap into these guys to say, here's what it's going to take to to play to play every week. Here's what it's going to take to play no fun games. Here's what it's going to take to to be, be different for everybody else in terms of winning trophies and and being the top of the tree. That's 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 something that we intend to do. But the younger guys, as I say, there'll be there'll be changes throughout the year. It's no no a case of. Under 10, that an under 10 goalkeeper is going to come straight through at the first team that's yeah. I mean there'll be, there'll, there will be changes at the bottom end because again physically, technically mentally everything else the, the, the younger guys they kind of go up and down and then people can become late bloomers like, a wee bit like myself in terms of I never even under 10 and another than 12 and that I, I never even thought about being a goalkeeper so it's like I mean we're always even the recruitment goes right down to the levels as well in terms of trying to bring in the players that are the best because and then again, it's like anything. Players will move on, and new players will come in. But as I say, we, we, we believe that when they get to the professional age, that's when we really want to. That's when we really want to kind of hone on, on everything that we need to do in terms of getting them ready for getting them ready for one professional football, yeah. and two, professional football with Rangers, which is which is what we want to achieve.
2: You've kind of alluded to it, but does Stephen Gerrard make his presence felt in and around the academy?
1: Yes, yeah, again, as I say, the, kinda, the, the gaffer is, is more than, I mean, he, as soon as he came in the building, he spoke to all the young boys and said, look, it's up to you to show me how good you are, and here's what I expect, I, I don't just expect you to be a good football player, I expect this, I expect this, I expect this, and and, and again, because that, that's the biggest thing for for. for what what is talent? Is is talent just somebody that's good at football, or is talent a team player? Is is talent yeah. a good person? Is is talent you're determined? So there's there's loads of factors come into that, but the gaffer's made quite clear that when he came in, here's here's what I'm looking for, and if you do all the things and then you show me that you're good, at, you're, you've got ability, then you'll get your opportunity. And again, I, I think. I would be right, I think I would be right in saying that every single member of the development squad has trained with the first team at least once or twice. So they're aware of everything that's happening, they watch, they watch the games as much as they possibly can. Uh, again, with analysis and feedback and for, for, for your side of things, they, they know the progression of players, they know who's doing well, they know who maybe the players that are struggling, the, the players that are maybe needing a wee help or whatever. But again, that's just... Part of what they do, and that's why they're good at their job. As I say, that the, the last couple of weeks when we've been off, kind of there's been first team staff on the kind of game model webinars that the boys have done, and, and it's good to get that that they actually care and they actually they care what's happening below the first team, and, and they they want as much as we do for players to be coming through. Uh, and, but again, ultimately they've got they've got to be good enough over a sustained period of time. Because again, if you look at the guys that have came in and had their debuts. It might only be a case that they can be given their debuts in a a friendly and pre season, or it might only be that it's the first round of the cup because ultimately you know yourself the pressure on Rangers. It doesn't matter whether you're playing Barcelona or Berwick Rangers, you're expected to win every game, and that's what the fans expect, and, and, and that's never going to change. In the next 150 years, that's never going to change. So, as I say, it's trying to get it's trying to marry the two in terms of, but the gaffer's been great in terms of. If you're if you're good enough, you'll go round. And as I say, if, if you're mo- if you mo- if you if you show that you're good enough for a sustained period of time, then you will stick. And, yeah. and that's the biggest thing. And you'll be about the group. I mean, as I say, you look at there's been guys that even that small thing of moving from the, the academy changing room into the first team changing room. I mean, that, even that's a big deal for the for yeah. the guys to be in there. And be again, just seeing how the guys prepare every day and seeing how they they recover and see how they handle success, to handle failure and, and who the kind of stronger characters in the group are that, that's all part of your learning as well, as, as I say as much as being good at football the, you need to be, you need to have more than that to be successful at a big club and you, yeah. you need character you need, as I say, that intrinsic but it's not just about being good enough with the ball because there's loads of players that are good with the ball but the difference between Rangers are the great players for the good players is they've got all the things, they've got all yeah. these
2: things Obviously, we're in crazy times, so we're not on a normal day. But can you give us a wee rundown on how a normal day at the academy, would, what it would look like for an academy player, and yourself as a coach? Uh,
1: well, for for myself, I'm I'm probably in the building about uh, eight o'clock. Uh, probably have a kind of we don't normally have an informal coaches' meeting, kind of roughly either before breakfast or after breakfast sometimes it just happens during breakfast where it's a kind of informal one in terms of obviously we work to a curriculum so again I've put a goalkeeping curriculum down that, that runs in conjunction with outfield stuff so that we're working on the same things and we're working on the same themes and topics yeah. and stuff like that or, or same situations in a game uh, but normally players and coaches would, would breakfast about half eight uh, then roughly kind of about ten o'clock they would start preparing uh, so starting to run and doing all their activation stuff for sports science uh, obviously Sometimes depending on What the time frame Is going to be When they need goalkeepers I would go out Maybe a wee bit earlier To make sure yeah. that I'm getting enough Contact time so I, I like to roughly kind of Get 40 to 45 minutes Of work done So if that If that means I can go out at half 10 With the rest of the group And do that fine But normally I would maybe need to go If they wanted the, the goalies After half an hour I would need to go A wee bit 10-15 minutes early Just to make sure that I'm no neglecting at the work that they're needing Because I, I think that the, the bit for me is I like that the specialization stuff's important, especially that they're still try to master and master their, their technique and master their kind of consistency of everything. And then obviously then the, the kind of the bit of the going in and mixing with the group. So then we I'll kinda of try and do kinda of more specialised stuff, obviously the goalkeepers. Then go into a kinda of, uh more of a kinda of group setting and as I say and then that bit and then as I say there's there's loads of stuff after training in terms of we do analysis, there's there's obviously gym work before training. There's gym work after training. There's there, there's the there's the diet nutrition. There's obviously the, the big thing. I'm, I'm for, the, for for everybody is in the in the manager is as is, is, uh, your body shape. say skin folds and, and, and everything else like that. Because nowadays you need to be athletic to play football at the highest yeah. level. So again going back to it, again is not enough. You need to be athletic. And as I say we all we can really do is try and prepare the players to be as professional as possible from an early age. And that that's in them because if they want to go and play for 15, 20 years at a high level, they need to have that in their in their in their locker early. And as I say, some 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 find it easier than others, but ultimately it's something that you need to do in terms of playing. Uh, the afternoon can be, be various things. As I say there's loads of times when I kind of we do a lot of work on individual player targets, so it's kind of more led by the players in terms of every kind of few months I'll sit down with each goalkeeper and say right. What have we worked on the last six months in terms of kind of extra character stuff? Right? Do you think you've you think you've mastered that, or does it still need a bit of work? And and we, we kind of look at stuff on the pitch, whether it maybe be defensive kicks under pressure, or whether yeah. it's maybe left foot stuff, whether it's crossing, taking crossing under pressure, or just be things like that. I just say we, we, we do. My afternoons more spent on that kind of stuff in terms of, and then obviously we with analysis into the week of stuff, uh, into the week as well, and then obviously. When it comes to the kind of European games as such, uh, and and the kind of the, the Challenge Cup games and that, you're obviously starting to look towards opposition and stuff like yeah. that as well. So, a lot of it, I mean, the analysis department was really, really good in terms of that. And as I say, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's more hours and it's more more preparing and planning in it than a lot of people would would, would think. Uh, but ultimately, it's to get the best out of the players on a Saturday, so or, or sorry, on a match day. So as I say, the last couple of years, I mean, the club's been kind of successful in that. I mean, I think the Challenge Cup stuff has been phenomenal for us to yeah. get to the Challenge Cup semi-final. Uh, it's been great, but I think that's kind of... The club kind of got, not am not saying a little bit of stick, but the club a couple of years ago got a little bit of... They were, it was frowned upon to come out of the Reserve League because we felt as if the Reserve League wasn't serving a purpose for us because... You were playing kind of teams that you were throwing up at half time, and and yeah. it wasn't a te- it wasn't a teaching the boys anything. So at anything they were kind of getting slacker towards the end of the games and trying stuff that they couldn't try and or they shouldn't try and stuff. So we 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 made a, a conscious decision to come out the, the reserve league. Uh, so we started doing the games program, which was basically friendlies with clubs. So well, if there's anything such thing as a friendly, but as I say, we started to, to to get games down south. European teams coming over, we would go to them, and I mean. It was great. We went to Bayern Munich and beat Bayern Munich. Yep. We went to awesome. beat them. Benfica went to Benfica and beat them. Uh, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. We've, we've took a cut of sore ones along the way as well. We've, I mean, the first time we played Leicester, we got we we, we, we got a shock there. Uh, Liverpool when obviously Steven Gerrard came up with his Liverpool squad and yeah. played them at I. that was a sore one. But I think that I think we we also then in pre-season, rather than playing other academy teams, we started to play men's teams. So we played kind of Cambridge, we played the United, we played teams like that, and and I think we're now seeing the fruits of that because when you're looking at, I mean, the previous years when when, when we were playing the, the Challenge Cup games, we were normally getting knocked out in the first round, and it wasn't to do with technical ability; it was to do with physicality, it was to do with kind of tactical understanding and stuff yeah. like that, and just people being a wee bit kind of more street, street smart. I but now we've got to a point, as I say, the games program I think's been been on in that in terms of coming out and playing the best best, so you're playing the best European teams technically and we're handling that and we're matching it, but we're also playing the best teams in England uh, and, and who uh, you're having to match not just technically, but you're having to match physically as well and obviously the Scottish teams are having to match technically and physically as well, so I think the, the, the kind of things married in together has been one of the reasons why we've been so stressful this year in terms of, I mean we've played so many different styles and so many playing styles and so many different teams for different leagues, I mean, you think of the Challenge Cup. We went Berwick Rangers, Stranraer. Uh, who was after Stranraer? Uh, God, it's gone for me. We played. We played Solihull. We played Wrexham. We played. Uh, we played loads of different teams, as I say. That was, was a good uh, run. Really was I, a good run. Say, for, for to play various teams for various different leagues. Oh, sorry, it was Balmaina. Sorry. Uh, so to play various teams for various leagues and and, and, and as I say, different styles and and having to go to the countries a day before, play the game, and then come back, and I mean, that's ultimately preparing them for the first team, because yeah. they're playing real yeah. football, when you go to Leverkusen, or when you're going to Vienna, or whatever, you're doing the same again, and that's something that we've done as well, in terms of, last year, we kind of Spartak at Moscow, and, and rapid Vienna and stuff, so we managed to get games against them, and, the managed games, uh games we were obviously due to play Leverkusen this year it never quite happened yeah. yeah. but so you kind of mirroring the first team as well and going and playing the European teams and and, and again it's been a lot of finance and it's been a lot of and, and it's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of money put into it but it's ultimately I think it's benefiting the players better and as I say that now that there's, there's a few more teams in Scotland coming out of the league so they're obviously seeing it as a as an important step to development as well because ultimately I mean playing against uh, Wrexham and and Ballymena and Solihull, they were playing against proper men, ah, and as I say, we had some guys. I mean, I mean, Lewis Budden I was scoring goals was seventeen. I mean, it was there was long balls in the box. There was there was physicality that they, he'd never ever seen before, never yeah. ever seen. You could see him at half time coming off, and you're yeah. saying, "Look, you you could play 120 minutes at under 18s, and nobody's physically drained in that." Yeah. But it's just that emotional physical bit of when you're playing at Ibrox and you're shouting, you're shouting to somebody and they're 20 yards away from you and you, they can't hear you because of the right. crowd and everything else, ah, and there's a concentration level, so again, that's a, that's a huge that's huge in terms of their learning, but again, you'll probably know and it ends up doing well when the penalty shoot, but you'll probably not see the fruits of that to a cut a year later, and I think the games programme has now shown that, and as I say, we, we were very unlucky up at Inverness not to go through and into the final, and, and even then, I think that for a Colts team, to be in the final of a competition like that would have been a phenomenal. Don't get me wrong; it was still great to get to the semi-final, but for for us to be in a in a in a, in a national final like that again, I know the SPL teams are in it, but everybody else is in it, and Irish teams, Welsh teams, English teams. Hi. To get to the final that would have been phenomenal, and i say that it just it just supports my 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 belief that the, the quicker we get a, a Colts team in the league, the better. And it's obviously going to be it would benefit Scottish football, but it would benefit it would benefit Rangers as well. Yeah, they're making players making that step to the first team.
2: I know I'm kind of taking up a wee bit of your time, frame, So can I get oh, to the fine. can I get to the final question? But has this pandemic been? I mean, you kind of touched on it, but is this pandemic been kind of decent with this? Has give you an ideal opportunity to maybe get some of the experienced players to sit on a webinar forum or whatever. To talk to the to the younger players and kind of give them a wee insight on the, maybe the theory side of it behind becoming a professional football player, rather than just ninety minutes on a match day. Yeah, I mean that
1: that's the thing that, that, that especially at the young age groups. I mean, it's no, we're, we're no, we don't believe in best players play. That they'll come a point in everybody's career or everybody's they'll come a stage where where, where all boys or all men will get to a point where best players play. Yeah. But the most important bit of the academy is. We think they're good enough to be. We're good, we think they're good enough to be another academy, to, to because we see potential there. So even the, even the daft things like sharing game time, like sharing game time, and 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 uh, and uh, even goalkeepers from a goalkeeper point of view, it's like I know what it's like when I was a young goalkeeper. It's like if you if, if you play if you play forty five minutes and you make six saves, and you lose a goal, yeah. and the other goalkeeper plays forty five minutes and doesn't touch the ball, and gets a clean sheet you think that automatically that he's better thought of than you because he had a clean sheet. Okay. But in relation to the game, you've made five or six saves. So it's it's that bit of, look, your game time is a small, small part of what we want from you. We we, we need to make sure that you're, 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 you're A, you're, you're turning up, you're, you're available to train and, and you're available to play. You're, you're more importantly, the most important bit, you're learning the game, you're learning... The game. You're also learning how we want to play. You're yeah. solving your own problems. You're, you're 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 creating problems for other teams. You, as I say, you you you're doing all the sports science stuff that we're asking you to do. You're doing all the the, the kind of health and wellbeing stuff. You're you're even to, even at a young age, are you living properly? Are you making the right choices? Are you sleeping enough? Are you hydrated enough? And all the wee daft things that over time that they're then going to need when they come professionally. So. Uh, again, this this has been a wee bit difficult, I think, for the professional guys as well because it's it's unknown. It's uncharted territory. Yeah. I mean, guys are used to having three or four weeks off in the summer if they're lucky, and then having a three or four week pre season, and then all of a sudden into games. Yeah. But now we're in kind of eighth week or ninth week uh, of of kind of still training, still running. Obviously, they've individual strength and conditioning programs to do but it's that bit of, as I said, to goalkeepers, go and try and get a handle on the ball, go and try and handle the ball, because you still need to yeah. feel like a goalkeeper, you still need to keep, and it's the wee that things, it's the muscle memory, it's the fast twitch things, and just doing exercises or doing movements that are relevant to your position, because, again, we still don't know when we're going to return, we still don't know when football is going to be played on a regular basis, how it's going to be played, how it's going to be affected with, with training and all the protocols, so this time's probably given me a good... It's gave me a good time to reflect in terms of my yeah. last couple of years, because this is my kinda coming to the end of my second season as full time. So from a departmental point of view, it's given me an opportunity to see what's worked well, what's not kinda worked well, and and uh, and then kind of how how I can look to improve it. But that's what that's on and off the pitch as well. And I think all the departments are doing that, and as I say, the webinars have been great in terms of, as I say, keeping the boys engaged. Well, obviously the younger kids are a bit different because we're doing loads of skill challenges and videos and, and they can send all their stuff in. So great. The mums and dads have been, that's been well received by them because it keeps them involved and, yeah. and it keeps thinking about being players. And as I say, all the skill challenges in the webinar stuff has been great. But again, it's just because nobody knows what this outcome is going to be. We've not got a definitive date to say, right, we're going to start from here. Yeah. Uh, as I say I so it's just try to keep them engaged and obviously show them the kinda a lot of the game model stuff is first team uh, development group and 18's clips and then obviously so you want you want the guys to learn, you want the guys to learn the game and then ultimately it's about them saying, right, how does that apply to you? How does that apply to you when you're playing seven sides under under ten or or if you're saying under fourteen goalkeepers, right? How does that apply to you in terms of crosses through wide areas about positioning about anything else so it's given them a, a great understanding as I say that, that it's like anything else you can sit in a classroom and loads of people can watch Sky Sports and say oh he should have done that he should have done that he right. should have done that but the hardest thing is it, understanding it's the kind of easier bit I would say applying it on the pitch when, when the game changes and the picture changes is the hardest bit but that's, that's one of the things that, that we're big on in terms of trying to get them to learn and make their own decisions and as I say the professional guys have been great because it has been tough for them. It's tough for everybody. That's that's no doing what they love to do, or no being at their work because ultimately you might be on the grass as goalkeepers getting dirty and the ball getting fired at you and making blocks and making saves and being in that kind of one thing. We've we've tried to to, to build over the last couple of years is, is good relationships with the goalies, but they're also building good relationships with yourself because ultimately you need to be working in groups to 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 benefit the competition, but also to to improve the standard. You need a bit of competition, but ultimately. They need to go on meet each other in terms of one he needs another goalkeeper to, to improve him. And yeah. in the same, he needs, he needs him to work with him to improve him. So it's about trying to build that kind of friendly but competitive environment. So as I say, everybody's missing that at the minute, myself included. But uh, the quicker we get back to it, the better. But yeah, in the meantime, the academy's doing a lot, of, a lot of good stuff in terms of that. As I say, try to keep the players engaged. And, and, and as I say, the surveys going out. They, they they sometimes have little kind of quizzes where it's like a Zoom calls to all the kids and they do kind of, I think it's kind of goal or no goal and it'll show you every video clip and analysis. So all the departments are working together in terms of analysis, sports science and all that. And as I say, it's for the benefit of the players to, to, to try and keep them engaged and try and keep them motivated. And as I say, hopefully this, this finishes and it's, it's over sooner rather than later. But as I say, in the meantime, we've just got to kind of do what we need to do and be, improvise and, and, and be innovative and in all the stuff that we're trying to do. And as I say, it's been successful and well received so far. So, hopefully I can
2: continue I hope, I think we can all echo those thoughts and hope that, that we get back to, to watching and playing football um, pretty soon it's been a fascinating chat to talk to you Graham, to get a wee bit of insight into the academy and stuff like that and I can't thank you enough for that thanks very much
1: no problem I've really enjoyed it thanks for your time